I've been given a platform, however big or small it is. I, I have airwaves that this company pays for that they allow me to be on every day for an hour. And if I have something I feel like people need to hear, I'm going to say that. And I've been honest about that from the start. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into another um, edition of Gene Therapy. I'm Coach Gene Clemens. Thank you for joining me as always. CWN Sports, that is the that is the label that pays me, as they used to say back in the death row days. Um, it's been a difficult last couple of days for me personally, and I know a lot of people around as uh, we've we've dealt with the um, with the tragic loss of, of young life um, down in Texas. And, and as 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 I've said before, multiple platforms, and, and I'll say I'll say until the end of time, my my prayers and my and, and my deepest condolences go out to those families. Um, I was saying yesterday on my talk spicy pod that I think one of the things that really that really hit home to me is while watching my 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 students graduate, I, I just kept thinking about the fact that those 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 kids would never have the opportunity to feel that, you know, to feel that, that moment that these, these other young men and women were getting the opportunity to, that those families would never be able to experience that with those kids, how they were robbed for something so senseless. And then I just started thinking um, about how more people need to talk about this. It doesn't really matter what the platform, and I stopped myself because I was like, man, this, that's, that's hypocrisy, Gene. You talk about all the time that sports, that there's too many sports stations out there doing the gimmicky things that don't actually have to do with sports and you want them to talk about sports and now there's a subject that you don't want to talk about sports. And so I was reading a column by um, Christian Gokel who joins me now and, and Christian, thank you for joining me. Um, he, wrote a, he wrote a column about his thoughts and, and and really took a time out, took a time out from from sports and and, and his platforms to really make sure that he um, gave his voice to it. He shed light on it, on the things that he wanted to shed light on. And I think more people who have platforms, it doesn't matter how big it is, the more platforms that do it, the more light we shine on it. Maybe, just maybe, we might be able to make some type of change. And so, um, Christian, I I appreciate you joining us. Um, you can follow him by the way. We'll get that out the way at Christian at Gokel, excuse me, Gokel ESPN. That's G O E C K E L ESPN. He is the digital director at ESPN Coastal and the host of the Second Down of Second Down, excuse me, um, on pod. Sorry, Second Down, and then I, I, do y'all do it in a podcast? Do y'all put it in a podcast form? Yeah, you can hear all of our stuff uh, wherever you get your podcast. Absolutely. So you can you can listen to it on the radio um, at one hundred four point three. Um, in Savannah or the um, low country area, depending on how, how good your radio signal is. And then obviously you can catch them all on all the digital platforms. Christian, thank you for joining me. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. And so when you were sitting back and, and, and I think if and I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but you started your column by saying, I know that this, I know I'm not sticking to sports right here, but this isn't the time. Um, what really, what was the impetus for you to say, I really need to just step out of sports for a minute and just put my human hat on 
and really just look at this from 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 my own heart and in my own mind and, and give that to people who may have come to me for um, sports commentary and not necessarily for commentary on what's going on in the world. So I one of the biggest things when I started my show, which we started in June of 2020. So during the middle of a pandemic, when there was no live sports to talk about, one of the things I said when I started the show was I was always going to be honest with and transparent about how we produce our show. And that sometimes can be funny because something messes up in the station and you can kind of hear it on the radio versus just trying to cover it up. We like to be honest. So I've said that since the beginning and that's also been with how I feel. So I wouldn't feel honest if I had something on my heart and I came on and just talked about what I deemed to be the three biggest sports topics of the day for three segments and then send it over to three and out. I, as a human, wouldn't feel honest about that. But at the same time, I understand the responsibility that is people turn on 104.3 in Savannah because they want to hear about sports and they may have a hard job. They may have things going on in their life and they want to respite from that for a little bit. And that's an escape going to something that you love, something that brings you joy and hearing somebody talk about it. I understand that that's supposed to be the escape, but at the same time, I've been given a platform, however big or small it is. I, I have airwaves that this company pays for that they allow me to be on every day for an hour and if I have something I feel like people need to hear, I'm going to say that. And I've been honest about that from the start. So as I'm consuming the news a couple of days ago about what had happened in Uvalde, Texas, it, I've spoken to people about it. And what's startling to me and kind of striking is just the kind of rage, I guess, that a lot of people are feeling like the, the tear inducing kind of like body shaking rage that I think a lot of people had where I've covered a lot of stories since I've had my show. I don't know if that emotion has ever been involved with any of it. So using that first 15, 20 minutes of my show, it was how I kind of processed it because as soon as I absorbed that, I spent the next 16, 17 hours thinking about what I was going to say because I knew I was going to say something. And so it's just, it's been, an interesting couple of days, a heartbreaking couple of days, but at the same time, just that unique emotion of just rage because you want to do something, but you know, in reality, you're kind of helpless. I wanted to get that sentiment across. Yeah. And I know, I know for me, it, it was interesting because I rarely ever let anything <laughs> go yeah. for, you know, um, for, for more than a, a few hours before I, I say something, but I, I checked out, like I, I, for the first time, probably in maybe four or five years, I turned off all social media. I was just done. Like I didn't, yep. I wasn't in the mood for thoughts and prayers and our heart goes out to, I was over all of that, that, that normal rhetoric that we get when we see these things because, and, and my, and my biggest issue is that if, if something was going to happen, then it would have already happened. Like right. we've, like it's not like this is the first time we've seen this. There has been an elementary school sh shot up, and 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 kids died, and there was nothing. There were thoughts and prayers. There were condolences. There were our heart goes out to. There were speeches, but there was no action from the people that actually have the power to make change. There was no there was no action. I've watched for God knows how many years as a civil rights bill just sat 
on the you know on 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 the Congress floor, the Senate floor, and and it never got passed until until the man had to wait and, and until he was on his deathbed before people said, you know what, now is the right time. I, I've seen where things are done for political gain, you know, and, and then when they're not done because they believe it might hurt. I, I just think that it's like, it's one of those things where um, you, you wonder where right is. Like, like, like everything, ha I've already started to see it happen. And I'm sure you've seen it where people are starting to, to select sides because they're starting to try to turn this into a political issue. And, and, my, and my, my overwhelming, you know, my rage comes from, this has nothing to do with politics. This is just right. We need something done because it would just be the right thing to do. It's not reactionary. Reactionary would be after the first time, right. after the, the millionth time. And, and like, like you said on, in, your, um, you know, in, your opening, in your opening monologue, where you talked about going onto the Wikipedia page and just seeing the countless amounts of, of, of situations that we've seen. Like, at what point do you think we're going to get to an, an enough is enough point? Or do you think it's just going to be the rinse, wash, repeat that we've seen, you know, over the last however many years or for the lifetime of, of our country? I think that's where the hopelessness feeling kind of comes from. And when I talk about the rage, you kind of mentioned it. We had this happen a decade ago in Newtown, Connecticut at Sandy Hook, right, where we had never heard of anything like that, where somebody walks into an elementary school and shoots children, right? So I think the shock of that kind of outweighed the rage. But then a decade later, when we can, were consuming the same news story again, where a teenager walked into an elementary school with an assault rifle and killed babies, that's where I think the rage comes from because it's nothing's been done in that decade since. And so with the hopelessness, I guess, comes the only thing we can do from our platforms is just continue to bring it up. And what I hate is Steve Kerr kind of brought this up that it's become a tradition for him. Every playoffs to have to sit in front of people before a playoff game and speak about the latest mass shooting. And so I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the legislation is. The piece that I brought up in my opening yesterday was, I think the simplest part, and I don't want to get into the conversation about doors, but I think the simplest part should be, we should treat every single school like it's Fort Knox. Because I can't think of anything that's more valuable than what those schools contain. I mean, we guard our banks more severely than that. We guard our politicians more severely than that. It's harder for me to get into a sports game it's harder for me to walk into a press box than it was for him to walk into a school a couple of days ago. So that's really what's kind of sticking in my craw is how easy it is. And I know complacency kills and it literally did that a couple of days ago. Absolutely. I know I can, I can only speak to um, what's happened. The one of the good things that came from that's come from the pandemic is really more of a lockdown type of thing. But in saying that, Texas never really went through a lockdown. So they don't really understand how to batten down the hatchets and be more secure. I know in schools, even here, and I wouldn't say Georgia's at the, the forefront of being, you know, whatever it is when it came to the pandemic, right. but we were more responsible than, than my home, than, than, well, than Florida and Texas for sure. But 
one of the things that came from it was that in schools, you couldn't just walk into a school anymore. Those doors are locked. You have to make a call. You have to ring a bell or a button in order to get somebody to, to buzz you in. They need to be able to see ID. Like all of that stuff came via the pandemic and wanting to make sure we kept people out because of a disease. And, and it's strange to me because if I if I really do the, the math on it, what's killed more? Who's killed more people? You know, like we should be doing this just because like yeah, not, not, guns not, not are the this. guns are the leading cause of death for children in America. Yeah, I'll take a I'll take a I'll take a um a, a boosted up flu over guns any day. Like if that if if we're if we're going at it from that from from that respect, and and I'm not even a guns guy, and right. and I still think that guns get a bad rep in the fact that a gun doesn't pull itself. Like I, I get that part, but if you're not going to do something to to keep the people who who mean evil from getting their hands on those guns as easy as it is in Texas then you're you're opening your you're opening a Pandora's box that you're not going to be able to close uh, at least not without overarching right. you know legislation that's going to really have a lot of pushback i, I read somewhere that the that lobby, that gun lobbyists spent three times as much money after they came after guns i believe that was after after sandy hook sandy hook yeah after Sandy Hook, when people said, hey, we've got to do something about this guns, the gun lobbyists spent three times the budget that they spent the year before. That was the response. Not, hey, you're right. We need to be more responsible. Like, hey, no, we've got to spend, we got to throw more money at this in order to make it better. I, I wanna I wanna transition onto platform because I think it's interesting to note when we have to make these decisions because there's so much that goes on in this country, right? And, and 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 beyond that it's impossible to touch on everything especially when you think about how much time you have on your platform you know and 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 your your number one goal which is obviously to deliver sports commentary how do you kind of gauge when is the time to 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 go away from sports and when and when there's time to just you know what we can we'll talk about this on my social media, but not necessarily take airwave time to do so. It's incredibly hard because especially after the past couple of years going through the pandemic and just listening to how many people died from that disease. Uh, it's just, there's been so many new terms that have been brought about. One of them's empathy fatigue. Like uh, if you try to feel the pain about every single bad thing that happens in the world every single day, you can't function. You only have so much that you can carry on your shoulders. And so with a sports talk show, I feel like we're supposed to be the escape a little bit. Like I said, where you can kind of just mindlessly listen to somebody talk about something that brings you joy. Right. But at the same time, I do feel that there are things that supersede that, that I feel like if I'm not using my platform to talk about it, then I am not being honest with myself and I'm not listening to, what my morals are so I mean we pretty extensively covered the Ahmaud Arbery case uh, because we do have stations in Brunswick Georgia right so any news that was related to that we tried to keep people appraised to and then we, pro we provided our social commentary on that but at the same time I feel like sports if we're not looking at it just from a distinctly commentary perspective or we're not looking at it from 
I'm trying to throw my opinions and my morals on you. I do think inside of some of these things, sports can kind of bring out silver linings, I guess, where yesterday it's, it's going to, or a couple of days ago, it's going to be very hard for me to ever find any kind of silver linings from that. But just when communities come together inside of these tragedies, there's, uh, I encourage people around September 11th to look up the red bandana uh, in that story about a Boston college lacrosse player. It's just inside of sports. If we can bring those stories to the forefront and then deliver it in a way that people understand, we're not trying to chastise them or we're not trying to judge them for their political leanings or wherever they are. It's just, I'm trying to have an open dialogue. That's where I usually stand with these. Yeah. I think, I think one of the things I'm, I'm always interested in is, is, when I listen to local um, sports talk radio versus national sports talk radio. Um, and especially when it comes to national stories, the local, the way that local people tend to, or, or local broadcasters tend to look at a story is a lot more cathartic to me than the way the national media looks yeah. at it. And this is it's not a diss to national. I don't think people understand. Like they they don't have any other choice. They've got to serve right. the entire country. You only have to serve your area really. And so you can look at things at a at a different, you know, at with a different level of depth than they can. And and I think that that's important and, and why and why local media um whether it's your local news or, or, or sports is so important. It, it, it's, I liken it to, to politics, right? We all know national politics are a joke. The real, the real gold is in the local politics. Right. The local politics is where things actually get done. And so it's like, it's the same to me when it comes to, comes to media. When you're, when you're talking about the way in which things are covered on the local front versus the way they're covered on a national front, yeah, you're going to get some superficial thing on the national front. They've got to fit it into a, a seven-minute window. They still got to pay, you know, the bills that are tremendous amounts of bills. But then when you get a platform like yours where you can say, you know what, we're going to spend the first 22 minutes or, you know, we're going to spend the entire hour that we have today talking about this because it's just the right thing to do. You're, you have the latitude to do that. Um, is that something that you feel that you have to explain to bosses or is that something that they've they kind of understand and go you know what we trust you to make the right decision for for the platform that we've given you in this in this window if i can come to them and just explain to them what we're doing and why we're doing it our bosses are very understandable and like for a much less serious issue right uh we hardly talk nba on my show and the reason i've explained that to my bosses is you listen to ESPN radio from six o'clock in the morning until 12 o'clock at night, probably nine, 10 of those hours, there's going to be NBA coverage. And so, like you said, with local versus national football is king where we are. And it doesn't matter what time of the year it is. People want to hear about football throughout the day. So do I want to sit there and just rehash the same James Harden, LeBron conversations, or do I want to bring a different conversation about things people care about inside of the, inside of our community. And so we talk a lot of football on my show, but at the same time, what you said is true, where when those morning shows, the national morning shows start trying to talk college football, I can like hear people down here rolling their eyes because you're just like, you can hear so many platitudes, 
so many just kind of incorrect takes that we've been talking about throughout the entire season. And again, like you said, it's not their fault. They have to cover literally every single sport for an entire country and sometimes for an entire globe. Right. So I don't envy what they have to do. And I kind of relish the fact that I get to just feel the pulse of everything around me. Grew up in the state. I know how people feel. I know like one of the running jokes on our show is in the Georgia fan base, Bobo is a curse word. Right. You say that to anybody else. They have no idea what you're talking about. That you're a crazy person. But you say that in Georgia, everyone knows where you're at and you're kind of just speaking the same language. So, yeah, I, I do feel like that allows us when these big topics come up to speak to it not from a position where we're patronizing people and not from a position of superiority but from a position of a peer and I, I like you said I think that's a lot more impactful than just hearing somebody sitting in New York or Los Angeles talking about it you know speaking of speaking of, of talking about like tragedy and and things of that nature is there any fan base that is more like uh, uh yeah when it comes to you just won a World Series for the first time in a billion years than Atlanta than Atlanta Braves fans. Why are they so doom and gloom? Like, hey, listen, it's gonna take us a couple of years to kind of sit back and be like, okay, we got one of these. We like, it's just we've been fatalist for the past twenty five years. It's gonna take a long time to get past that. Why? Wow, it just I can't believe it. It was like yesterday. So last night, and and if you're listening to this, we are recording this in the middle of the day on on a Thursday, um, 5.26. So, so last night, I'm watching the Braves next to the basketball game that I actually care about because the Yankees have already taken care of business. Okay. And the I'm watching the Braves, and they are, I mean, they're knocking the cover off the ball. And all I hear from Braves people around me is, it's about time. I'm like, what do you, what do you want from them? Like, like they it's the beautiful thing about sports fans. Like you said, you can win a championship and the very next year you're three games under 500, 40 games into the season and people are calling for your job. It's it, 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 You're called a fan for a reason. It's because you're a fanatic. Nobody ever said that you're supposed to be sensical about it. See, well, but I, here's my pushback on that, right? Yes. Fanatic. Yes, I understand it. But Kirby won't get that same kind of energy. Oh, no. Come on now. Georgia Kirby will not South get that same Georgia, type of energy. Georgia loses to South Carolina next year. Uh, it's, all the good faith is going to go back to Georgia can't win. Can't sustain really? it. Got lucky last year. Really? Nobody nobody was calling for his head all of these years that they've come up short. Well, I mean, he'd only been there for, what, five years? And, and all of the years they had teams that could have won it and they came up short. And, and they nobody were was calling they for his head. So now that, he's, now that he's won it, now that he's won it, and, and by the way, the, the hubris of Georgia fans to just think they're going to just roll right back out there and do it again after you lost probably the most historic, one of the most historic defenses in the history of college football is laughable. Like, do they not see the regression coming? Oh, I would still say Georgia's probably one of the four best teams in the country, but I don't think it matters next year because I think Alabama's just – Alabama's going to steamroll everybody. everybody. They are loaded. They yeah. are loaded. But even then, but like your defense can't sustain, dude. Like, I don't th- I don't think Georgia fans remember what it was like the last time they had a really good defense and all those guys went to the NFL. They were not the same the next year when they lost those guys. This is even worse. I think what people are looking at 
I love that this is just we're just now talking college football. But uh, you I said it's people, You said I think what so. I think what people love or look at is since Kirby Smart's been there, Georgia hasn't had a defense that's ranked outside the top ten, and that includes or excludes 2016 when he first got there. But since then, it's been top ten defenses every single year, and for the most part, top three defenses regardless of who's been there. So that's what Mark Ray players are with Kirby Smart players. So I think you can kind of look at his going back to Alabama and his stretch there. Dude doesn't have bad defenses and flip that over. If the defense does take a step back, offense probably taking a step forward. You think, you think the offense actually takes a step forward this year? Yeah, I think uh, whether it's Stetson Bennett or Carson Beck, when you look at the talent that's on that team, you look at the offensive line, you look at the running backs who are there, wide receivers, and then you have – if you're ranking out the top ten tight ends in America, you probably have three of them on Georgia's roster, two in the top five. So, oh, I, shoot, I'd say – Well, you have the number them. one. The I'd other three, two three have the question five. mark. You have the number one. You have the unquestioned number one. And the yeah. other two, we don't really know what they are. They're so freaky, though. Both of They're them are freaky. so freaky. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but we don't. We haven't seen it. We, like, we've, we've seen, seen Aaron Gilbert at LSU, but you're just kind of waiting for the comeback from last year. They're, true. That's true. Nope. You're right. Darnell Washington. I just I go. Darnell Washington's a freak of nature. Right? That's, that you're not is. supposed to be able to move like that. No, 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 no. He's he's a different. He's a different thing. Um, I I, I want to because I don't because I know we could just derail on some some college football and I don't want to do that, but I also. I also think it's important to understand because we, you talked about escape, escapism, um, and the fact that people come, people come to the, they, they turn on the radio for escape um, when they turn on sports talk radio, especially um, yeah. because it's that's the niche, right? And um, but at times there 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 is no escape, like there should not be an escape, right? Like and that's the and that's the that's the part. But I'll take it off of that. I'll just take it to when you broach a topic that maybe isn't a popular topic. How do you deal with the backlash of people that say, hey man, y'all are doing a whole lot of talking about Amar Arbery, about this Arbery case. We want you to talk a little bit more about the dogs. You know, like, or well, I don't know if they will ever say that, but about the dogs, but maybe we want to hear more about the Hawks. So we want to hear more about the Braves or more about Tormenta FC or whatever, you know, we want to hear more about local high school sports, whatever. And, and you're talking about this, this Arbery case, like how do you handle, you know, the, the responses? Cause obviously in local, in local media, you have to take into consideration your fan base and what they're looking for. So when they, when they come to you, and, and, and I know they have, and they're in your DMs like, hey, man, too much of this, you know, yeah. case. What do you do? How do you handle stuff like that? Uh, just try to maintain my honesty because I think people respect that. Uh, as much as they maybe don't want to hear the subject that we're talking about or disagree with what they're saying, I would much rather be the person that ticked you off for talking about something potentially you didn't want to hear about than the person who just caved to the will. Because if, if you cave to the will of everybody – you're not going to have a show. You're just going to be paralyzed. So I just kind of have to stay true to what I think I have to talk about. And at the same time, the reason we talk so much of what we talk is just based off averages of what we know people care about. That's what we feel like we're touching the most people and what they care about. But at the same time, when we have something as big as a Mott Arbery or something as big as what happened a couple of days ago, 
or uh, every time September 11th falls uh, during the week and I actually have a show, uh, I'd like to take a step back and remember that. So I just think there's some things that go over the top. And if people want to have that conversation, I do it every time we do this. I mean, 912-342-7184, call me. Let's talk about it. Like, I'm here for it. And it's amazing because you put that out there and people call, but it's as soon as 5750 hits and then the show's over. So yeah. it's, I'm like, I'm, I am willing and ready to have a conversation whenever on air. Uh, I am, I'm here for it. And it's not an aggressive way. It's just saying like, I, it is an open line because I think dialogue and I think talking things out, I'm a verbal processor, right? And so that's why if something happens like yesterday or a couple of days ago, I, I, it helps me therapeutically so much just to put it down or to, just to talk about it. So uh, any conversation, any subject, if somebody disagrees with it, disagrees whether or not we're talking about it, I'm always ready for that conversation. But at the same time, I'm going to stick true to me. Yeah, I, I, and, I, and that's the way, you know, that's the way we have to handle everything, I think, in life, um, whether you're a coach whether you're, uh, you know, in, in this media world where people, people are ridiculous and, yeah. you know, even in your own personal life, there's a, there are things that if this is what I stand for, you have to, you have to either, if you believe in what you stand for, then you have to be willing to go down with the ship. Yep. And, and that's, I think that's something that so many, especially in media are not willing to do. Um, and that's where the compromise becomes. And then you end up, the ship ends up going down anyway, because now you don't really have any principle that you stand on. Um, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting conversation. One that I wish we didn't have. I wish we could just sit and talk about, you know, um, whether or not, like, how is Stetson Bennett continuing to keep his job over all of these five-star quarterbacks at the University of Georgia, but maybe we'll sure. do that another day. Um, Christian, I really do appreciate you um, joining me. Christian Gokel of ESPN Coastal. Make sure that you give him a follow at Gokel, ESPN, G-O-E-C-K-E-L, ESPN. And I, I spell it because you need to know how to spell it. Yeah. <laughs> because I needed to know how to spell it when I first heard yeah. it. Um, Christian, I really do appreciate you. Make sure you check out um, Second Down. That is at, is at, is it at 2, two o'clock or 3 o'clock? Yep. Two to three every day. Two to three. Two to three every day on um, ESPN Coast. That's 104.3 FM. Um, if you're in the area and if you're not in the area, you can always catch it wherever you get your podcast. Or if you're following um, ESPN Coastal, um, it's at ESPN Coastal. Um, you, can, you can see the live stream. They usually do a live stream of that there where you can catch it. So, um, again, appreciate you um, joining, joining me. Love what you do. Love how you cover. Um, sports in this area, how you always shout out the um the the preps and and make sure that you put our young men and young women in the best light. Um, look forward to talking to you soon. Yeah, man, it's almost football season. I appreciate the platform, man. Absolutely, I appreciate it. Have a good one. Thank you. That's Christian Gokel, ladies and gentlemen, and I am Coach Gene Clemens. Another episode of Gene Therapy in the Box. Um, make sure that you check me out wherever you check things out at Gene Clemens. That's at G-E-N-E-C-L-E-M-O-N-S. I just felt like spelling it because we've been spelling stuff the entire time. Um, shout out once again to Christian Gokel, who, um, you know, was one of the first people to interview me. Actually, was the first person to interview me when I came into the area and took over.
um, a head coaching position here, um, reached out and um, we talked. It was a good conversation. Um, I've, I've, I've followed his work um, since I've been here. He's a, he's a quality, um, you know, a quality broadcast, a quality producer, and really does care about people. And I think that's one of the reasons I wanted to have him on. I knew that what he said and what he wrote wasn't something that was frivolous. It wasn't something that was done just to get eyeballs. It was something that he felt. It was something that he was passionate about. And you always appreciate when people um, are willing to talk about things they are passionate about. And so, you know, and, and, and be that vulnerable because not everybody cares. People say they care, but not everybody cares. And so when you get the opportunity to see someone really care, that's important um, in these matters. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting and, and, and fine line, right? Because I, I have these platforms in place so that I can tell you guys how I feel about things. Um, it's called gene therapy. So you're, you're expecting to get how I feel about things and, and, and how others might feel about things, whether they agree with me or not. But it's also based off sports. And so when, when, whenever there's the opportunity to talk and to talk about tragedy or, or injustice or, 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 or things that, that don't, that should not be within our world, if I don't take the opportunity, like Christian was saying, if I don't take the opportunity to um, speak about it, then I am the problem. You know what I'm saying? I am the problem. And I never want to be a part of the problem. I may not be a part of the solution. I may not have the answer. I may not be able to touch in the areas that are that that'll help us to get that done. But I'm darn sure not going to be a part of the problem. That's never going to be the situation for me. And so given the platform to be able to do what's necessary to bring this to light, I, I have no other choice but to use that platform to talk about the things that I feel. And this one, you know, hits home. Buffalo hit home. Um, all of the cases. I, I think about Buffalo and I think about this case and I think about two different things. You know, again, I told you guys, I just went to our graduation um, yesterday. And all I kept thinking about when I was at the back of, you know, that, in, in that arena, sitting and watching these young men stand up in the, and the ovation get louder and louder as they were preparing to graduate, as they were preparing to take that next step. I kept thinking in my head about the fact that those people in that supermarket in Buffalo were never going to get the opportunity to see their young, their, their son or their daughter graduate just days later. That they were robbed of that joy, that their, their kids were robbed of being able to have their mother or their father or their grandmother or grandfather there to watch them walk across the stage. I thought about in Texas how those young kids would never get that opportunity and how their parents would never get the joy of seeing. And now maybe even to a certain extent, the rest of their life is going to be 
having to deal with and process the trauma of losing someone so close to them. Like it may have ruined graduations for them forever. Even if they have other kids, like how can you celebrate? How can you celebrate one kid graduating without, without listening or thinking about the other kid who's no longer here? That's impossible. It's impossible. And it's, and it's maddening because it doesn't have to happen because it's not a part of the design. The design is not meant for people to walk into schools and just kill people. That's not the design. The design wasn't for people to walk into grocery stores and kill people. That's not the design. That wasn't what it was designed to do. And so until we can get back to the design, until we can get back to where we came from, what, what are we doing? It's maddening. It's maddening. But it's, but it's great to think about the platforms that we have, however big, however small. If, if only 100 people listen to this podcast, then I feel like 100 people just got an insight into what people who, who do what we do are thinking when we decide to come on here and not talk about sports. Like you can tell in our conversation, we wanted to talk sports. We wanted to talk sports. I had to stop it because, because again, this is, you have to hear this stuff. You have to know what it's about. And as long as we're bringing it to the light, it's better for everybody. So once again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you to Christian Gokel for joining me. Make sure you go and follow him. You know where to find me everywhere. Make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel, Coach Gene Clemens. Follow me on um, Instagram and Twitter at Gene Clemens. Hit me up on Facebook, Gene, Coach, the Coach Gene Clemens platform there. Um, CWN Sports, check out this podcast. Make sure that you read the column that comes with the podcast. We really do appreciate it. I promise that the next time you hear from me um, next week, I will be... I will hopefully have a, a more happy demeanor as we begin to put the, you know, put the, the impetus back on sports where it should be. But for now, we definitely look at and send our prayers and condolences out to everyone involved. You all stay safe. Keep your family safe. Love each other. Peace.